Go Your Own Way is brought to you by Overmental.com, the media culture hive mind. Enjoy the adventure. I don't feel like coming up with a good intro, so I'll just say hi, listeners. Welcome. Word. Go Your Own Way. Do you ever feel like coming up with a good intro? Have those been the oh, good intros? Burn. I apologize. Oh. No offense taken. That was mean. I had that coming to me for the past 26 episodes. <laughs> <laughs> so this is one of your hosts. This is Peter. Hi, Peter. Hi, Peter. We also have Jen. Hi. Hello. And we also have the devious Eric. I am devious, but I am here. Yay. What devious story did you conjure up for us this week, Eric? Vengeance. Whoa. Vengeance. Is that the name of the story? Yes. Yes, indeed. You've been betrayed by an unknown enemy. Your friends have all been kidnapped. Your family has been relocated. And you have been diagnosed as insane and thrown in the mental institution. Now you're out, and it's time for vengeance. Oh my god. Hmm. There is a tip that we should be careful what weapons we choose because some weapons are good against some guys and some are good for others. P.S. For those of you who hated the thumb, please let me know if I have redeemed myself by making this game. Yeah, I don't know what he's talking about. The thumb. I don't know either. What's the thumb? Because I checked the other games that he's made and I don't think any of them was called the thumb. Yeah, I I did a search for thumb, and the only one only story that comes up is this one. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. So I guess he's redeeming himself by actually making a game that exists, right? Or she, I guess. I guess this is by Badger, so I guess Badger could be a a female. Badger, be. Badger, Badger, Badger. Mushroom, mushroom. My <laughs> God, that brings back memories. <laughs> Alright, are we prepared? I'm prepared for vengeance. Vengeance! Alright, the last few days seem to blend together in your mind. Only three days ago, you were on a class trip to Arizona with your class. You remember riding on the bus. (laughs) (laughs) Wondering what awaited you in Arizona while your friends chatted away in their seats. None of them seemed to realize how weird it was for the school to organize a trip all the way to Arizona from your school in New York. As you sat there, pondering, staring out the window, you overheard a friend of yours complaining to her friends about her nasty boyfriend. She's not known to keep the best company. Then, suddenly, you picked up the hum of motorcycles. You seem to be the only one to notice these mysterious people on motorcycles riding alongside the bus. They wore black ski masks that hid their faces and flak jackets. There were two of them, both riding alongside the bus. Suddenly, they pulled out Uzis and fired them directly into the air. Now they had the attention of everyone on the bus. They forced the bus to pull over and marched everyone out. Then they made everyone stand in a line for over an hour without doing or saying anything. Anyone brave enough to utter even a sound was dragged over to a ditch by the road. Soon there was a huge line of people in a line near the ditch, including two of your favorite teachers and three of your best friends. This doesn't look good. No, it doesn't. No, it does not. Suddenly the two thugs grabbed their Uzis and opened fire on the line of students and faculty standing by the ditch. 
horrified, you watched as your teachers and friends tumbled into the ditch and stained the sand with their blood. Suddenly, all fear gone, you went mad with rage. You jumped one of the thugs and tried to choke him, but the other thug pistol-whipped you, and while you were dizzy, they tied you to the tire of the bus. This done, the thugs approached Lillian, your friend with the nasty boyfriend, and without a word, they pistol-whipped her into unconsciousness. Then they forced all the remaining students and faculty to march further along the highway. And when they were twenty feet away, one of the thugs looked back at you and tossed a grenade onto the bus. No! You screamed in horror, only to watch as the bus burst into flames. Then, suddenly, something weird happened. The motorcycles, still parked on either side of the bus, flew into the air by themselves and crashed into the bus. In the midst of the resulting huge explosion, you realized the bus was tipping over. On you! Arg! <laughs> you struggled to get free, but you were firmly tied to the bus tire. As the thugs and their hostages vanished on the horizon, you could have sworn that one of the thugs turned back and screamed, See you in hell! Then the bus collapsed on top of you. You died! No, not really. You may, but you may wish you had. When you woke up, you were in a hospital bed. After recovering from the initial surprise that you weren't dead, you asked to see your family. But the manager of the hospital, a peculiar little man with green-tinted glasses, he said he had a mysterious eye condition, said you couldn't. He then asked you to tell him what happened. Remembering fully, you told him the whole story. He whispered something to the nurse, and then said, Now, don't worry, you'll be well cared for here. What do you mean, you asked? Puzzled, then suddenly it dawned on you. What? You don't think I'm insane, do you? I mean, you know I'm telling the truth, right? How else could you explain the death and disappearance of all those people? The doctor smiled, and then named every teacher and student who had gone on the trip and explained how they were all, in fact, with a relative or on vacation or something, and that there had been no school trip to Arizona. But don't worry, he added. They were right to bring you here. You're terribly sick, but we'll make you well. Don't worry. He turned to two burly men and whispered something to them. You could only make out dangerous, schizophrenic, inform his family, relocate, danger to them all. Suddenly, the burly men grabbed you and dragged you down the hall. You continued to scream, I'm not crazy! How can you think I am? Please believe me! <laughs> but nobody would listen. You were thrown in a padded cell and have remained there since. It seems like the worst strategy when you're like a... It seems like a situation when you're in a mental hospital. The worst thing to do is to be screaming, I'm not crazy. Yeah. <laughs> that just cements that you're crazy. So you just scream, I might be crazy, but I would prefer more proof. <laughs> <laughs> Since then, you have remained in this cell in solitary confinement. Aside from the guard who brings you food every day, you have not seen another human being for three weeks. And you only see his hand. It has been a living hell. For a while, you thought you really would go insane. The only thing that keeps you going is the thought of vengeance. You know you aren't really insane and that your friends were kidnapped. There's still much you don't know. Why they were kidnapped. Where they are now. Who accused you of insanity. Or how a bus fell on you and you still survived. But you will find out. For three weeks you've been trying to find a weak spot in the wall to dig out of. And tonight the tunnel is completed. Soon you will escape and vengeance will be yours. Is this like in the Shawshank Redemption? Where, yep. like, we dug that tunnel, cover it up with a lewd poster. Yes. Yay. <laughs> Slowly, you slip out into the tunnel. After several minutes of crawling through a splintery wooden tunnel, you fall several feet and land in the mud. 
you realize it is night and it is pouring rain. Desperately, you run to find shelter. However, there are no buildings in sight, only palm trees. Where are you? Florida. <laughs> Las Vegas. <laughs> After several hours of walking, the rain lets up and you find yourself by the highway. You realize now how warm it is and decide you must be in Florida. Suck it. Nice. <laughs> you see a weapons store in the distance and the owner sees you through the window. He asks you to come in. Puzzled, you enter. He says, I've been expecting you. I know you have endured great hardship, and I'd like to help you clear your name. However, I can't do much. All I can do is offer you these free weapons. He holds up a spear, <laughs> a scimitar, and a sword cane. Please take one. Dude, there are some messed up people that live in Florida. Clearly. You open a thing called a weapons store. And they offer you a sword cane. And it's... The only building within walking distance of a prison? Like, <laughs> <laughs> this seems like a recipe for trouble. Mm. Alright, so what do you want the sword cane, scimitar, or spear? I like the idea of the sword cane because it looks like a cane, and then you draw it, and it's a sword. Yeah, I'm kind of leaning in that direction, too. Yeah, something that can be disguised. Yeah. Yeah. I can see the wisdom in that. Alright, sword cane it shall be. You take the sword cane. Yay. Woo. Now that you've chosen a hand-to-hand combat weapon, the man continues, you must pick a firearm. I have a choice of a <laughs> Chukonu medieval rapid-fire crossbow, a silencer pistol, and a bazooka. I think you guys know which one I want. <laughs> the bazooka. Everyone knows I like explosions. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I don't think we can turn down a bazooka, right? I don't think we can. I don't think I can argue with that. Yep. You chose the bazooka. Ah, just be careful with those weapons, the man says. You may not know this yet, but you are wanted as a dangerous lunatic. If you are seen with a weapon in public... People may decide to shoot first and ask questions later. After thanking the man for his help, you leave the store. You are now incredibly hungry and the sun is starting to come up. You see a diner in the distance. Should you go there or should you try to hitch a ride to Arizona to find your friends? Hmm. That's tricky because, like, we could try to find out information at the diner, but... Maybe we should go more distance before we eat just to make sure that no one notices like recognizes us Mm, that's a good point maybe it's the kind of weird diner though where the waitress like gives you a hint written on your receipt at the end of your meal it's like a twilight zone diner yeah where everyone in there is aliens do you guys see that one yeah not see that one oh no only the one was aliens I don't remember. Doesn't count as spoilers. Because <laughs> I screwed it up. <laughs> I don't know. Which one do you guys want to do? I'm leaning towards the diner. I'd be down for the diner. Okay. Alright, diner it is. You enter the diner and the hostess takes one look at you and runs off screaming. Oh right, you're a wanted criminal. You quickly leave before she calls the cops, but as you pass the garage behind the diner, you hear, are you going to talk, or am I going to make you? 
we can check it out or ignore it. Oh, we gotta check that out. Yeah, I think we're pretty safe. We have a sword cane and a bazooka. Right? Yeah, we do. Check it out. You enter the garage. Inside, only one lamp dimly illuminates the scene. Three tough-looking men are standing around a chair. Tied to the chair is a pretty young lady covered in blood. Obviously, these three men have been hitting her. You decide to intervene. That's enough! Who's this clown? Who's he to tell us what to do? Get him! yells one of the men. They all advance on her. If you have the right weapon, you may be able to handle these men easily. Otherwise, you have to fight them hand to hand. Luckily, you know judo. That is lucky. (laughs) Dude, we know kung fu. The first man attacks uppercut, left cross, or one of our weapons. Mm. Part of me wants to use the bazooka, but I don't want to kill the girl. Yeah, let's not kill the girl. She's clearly been through enough. Uh, I say left cross because I yeah. don't know what it is, but I don't think an uppercut's going to work. You don't want to try the sword cane? Uh, the sword cane's more like stealthy. They're already attacking us, right? So Fair enough. I don't think it's going to help. I could get behind that reasoning. I don't think you usually open with an uppercut. So. Yeah, right? Like, yeah. Yeah, that's usually more like a finishing move. Yep. Unless we want to finish it right away. <laughs> no one likes things to end prematurely. <laughs> right? It's got to be a little bit of foreplay. It's all about that foreplay. All right, well, let's foreplay with the left cross then. <laughs> If there are any boxers listening right now and they're offended, let us know on Facebook. Because clearly none of us have any idea. That's right. If you've ever finished something prematurely, tell us on our Facebook page. (laughs) When you're done, you're done. There's no such thing as prematurely. (laughs) You deal the poor guy a left cross and he staggers backwards, blood streaming from his face. Now the other two guys advance. Do you want to lift the first guy up and throw him into them, or knock their heads together like coconuts? Hmm. <laughs> coconuts. Yeah, I'm, I want to do the three stooges. I totally do we do. know that we're strong enough to lift the one guy up? Well, because we are if we're not carrying a bazooka, hmm. those are heavy. We're probably pretty strong. Good point. Yeah, I I do like the knocking heads idea better, though. All right. You grab their heads and slam them together. They're both so dazed that you can now throw the other guy at them. All three are out cold. Yeah! Dude, we saved the girl. All right. Now we can bring out the bazooka. (laughs) In bed. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sure she'll be impressed by the size of our bazooka. Quickly, you untie the girl from the chair. Thank you, she cries, sobbing happily. I thought they'd kill me. Later, while the two of you walk down the road, she tells her story. My father is a doctor who accidentally diagnosed someone recently with schizophrenia. He later realized the patient was not actually crazy, but that someone was trying to make it look like he was. Then he went to Arizona. I don't know why, he just did. (laughs) 
Those goons kidnapped me yesterday and tried to make me tell them where he was, but I knew they would kill him, so I said nothing. As you listen, you realize she must be talking about you. Should you tell her you were the patient her father diagnosed or not? Of course we should tell her. Clearly she knows, like, something's going on. That's right. You say, hey, I was that patient. The girl looks at you, open-mouthed. Oh my god, we've got to get you to Arizona. She grabs your hand and pulls you to the highway. My name's Melissa, by the way. After several minutes, you are able to get a ride in a car. Several cars and one truck later, you are now both in Arizona. That was quick. That was an easy hitchhiking adventure. Mm-hmm. I would just like to say now that the first part of the game is over. From this point on, the game gets really serious. From this point on, new rules apply. Get as many weapons as you can. I like Every weapon plan. makes an easy task out of something that would otherwise be hard or perplexing. <laughs> Standard video game rules apply. Can we carry it? We will carry it. <laughs> Keep trying to use items. There are many opportunities to use items, some less obvious than others. Keep that in mind. Now, back to the game. Word. You and Melissa stand in a street in Phoenix, Arizona. The only city that this person probably knows in Arizona. <laughs> Why couldn't this was... we go to Tucson? Right? This was where your class was going, and this is where Melissa says her father went. You're both sure that the answer to your troubles are here. Unfortunately, neither of you has any idea where to start. The two of you have been sitting in a park for several hours. Finally, Melissa says, let's split up and find out anything we can. If we find nothing, at least we'll get a good feel for the city. We'll meet at that diner later. Diner did not work out so well for us last time. Mm, well, we found the girl at the diner. That's true. True. Alright, here she points to a restaurant named Nordy's Food. Then she leaves. There are now several places you can go. A church, an insurance company building, the library, or the park. You can also meet Melissa at the diner, but first you should definitely check out the other places. Where do you go first? Hmm. I'm partial to libraries. Maybe okay. there will be something in the news archives that... Yeah. Yeah. Will point us to something. Because maybe this has happened before. Yeah. You walk into the library. Having always loved books, it's a huge place with two stories. On the first story, people sit around reading books. Pretty dull. Although there are a couple of interesting looking books by that shelf, up on the second floor there are computers. Mm. Books or computers, millennials? Do we start with computers? Then we work, work our way to books. Alright. Sounds like a plan. You walk upstairs and sit down in front of a computer. Then you see the sign. Computer's out of order. Direct. Hey! Some guy left his wallet. You pick it up. It belongs to one guy unrealistic name. <laughs> and has his library card, his credit card, which, being a fairly honest citizen, you decide not to use. A seemingly limitless supply of money. And an oral comp insurance ID. How convenient! Word. Wallet. Wallet. Eve. And then I guess we might as well check out the bookshelves, eh? Might as well, since we're here. Bookshelf! 
you sit down at the bookshelf and flip through some really interesting encyclopedias, almanacs, and one book of mythological creatures. Then you pick up a book entitled Self-Defense for Dummies. Now this could be interesting. In addition to having lots of cool pictures, this book lists basic martial arts moves and tells which part of the body to hit in order to temporarily paralyze a person. You'd like to rent it, but you need a library card. Dude, we, we just a library, got a library card. card. Let's use the wallet. Use wallet. Awesome. You rent the book with your new library card. You can't wait to read it, especially the part about temporary paralysis points. Oh, I'm excited. Yeah, we got a library book. Okay, we leave the library. We can right. go to the church, the park, or the insurance building. Hmm. The guy had an insurance card. So we should go check out the insurance building? Yeah. Alright, let's do it. Alright. You enter the World Comp Insurance Building. You are standing in a waiting room, pretty bare except for some chairs. Two or three boring-looking magazines and a secretary at her desk. You move towards the door leading further into the building. The secretary looks up at you and says, You can only enter there if you have an Oral Comp Insurance Company ID, young man. What? Wallet again. Grinning smugly, you flash your Oral Comp ID like a police badge. The secretary says, All right then, go on in. You open the door and enter. There are three doors, but unfortunately all of them are locked. You ask a conveniently situated janitor which door leads where, and he replies... Right door leads to the file room, middle door leads to the offices, left door leads upstairs to some storage closets. Don't know what they keep there. Well, at the moment, there's nothing for you to do here. Hmm. So we leave. I guess we should leave, and maybe we'll come back. Maybe there's something that we need to find. Yep. Alright, so we can go to the church or the park. Does it really matter? I mean, we have to visit all the places. I guess anywhere. we're going to go everywhere anyway, yeah. Yeah. Park, maybe? All right, let's do it. You walk into the park. It's a nice sunny day in the spring, and the park is alive with magic. <laughs> However, your main concern is the fate of your friends. You're glad that nobody recognizes you as a dangerous escaped lunatic. I'm thankful for that every day. Mm-hmm. You sit down on a bench. There's a small playground where some children are playing. A public restroom, a souvenir vendor, and not much else. Ooh, let's get a souvenir with the money in the wallet. I think that sounds like a great idea, actually. Yeah? <laughs> yeah. The vendor sees you walking towards him from several feet away and says, Can I help you? You eye his merchandise, mostly weird snow globes and flags but also a really neat-looking camera. It'd be great for photographing things you might otherwise forget. You ask him how much, and he replies, $50. Unless you have that kind of money, there's nothing left for you here. Dude, we have that kind of money. We have that kind of money. Pleasure doing business with you, says the man, as he wraps your camera up in a nice bag. This camera is pretty neat. You'll definitely want to take some pictures with this bad boy. Oh, baby. Mm-hmm. And then check out the playground? Yeah. Hmm, it's a nice small playground. There aren't that many kids around. There's a small monkey bar set, a ladder and slide, and a really deep sandbox. I mean, it's really, really deep. I want to find out how deep it is, but we don't have anything to dig. Yeah, we don't have a shovel or anything. 
Mm. Maybe the church. Hey, you never know. Okay, leave the playground, leave the park. Go to church. Go to church. Take me to church. Ha 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 ha. Hey. The church is kind of empty. Actually, it's very empty. Other than you, the only person in the church is the priest. He has his back to you now, praying. You could go over and talk to him, or you could check the aisles for cool stuff. You, you used to do that when you were little in your school auditorium. You know we gotta check it for cool stuff. I actually used to do that at my church when I was a kid. <laughs> Alright! Underneath the aisles are several dirty articles of clothing, cigarette butts, and a really neat shovel. Since you don't smoke and hate dirty clothes, you decide to just get the shovel. Well, you know what we're gonna do with that. Who in the world takes a shovel to church? Murderers? Fair enough. You slowly approach the priest. He turns around and smiles in a friendly way when he sees you. Ah, can I do anything for you, child? You describe your friends and ask him if he's seen them. He thinks to himself and says, Well, I've not seen anybody like that. I am truly sorry I could not be of help. That seems to be happening a lot lately. The other day, a man came in here begging me to protect him. These strange men were trying to drag him into a car with the logo of the Oral Comp Insurance Company. I did my best to stop them, but to no avail. They grabbed him and threw him in the car. No. You thank the priest and walk away. Those guys are no good. No good. No good. Alright, I guess we leave. And yeah. we want to dig in the sandbox, yeah? Yeah, we do. Because that's what kids do. That's right. I gotta say, any game where we get to dig in the sandbox is okay by me, man. And where you get a bazooka. That's right. It's a good thing there aren't many kids around. This looks kind of stupid. You pull out the shovel and start digging with all your might. Forty minutes later, cramped, sandy, and frustrated, your efforts are finally rewarded when you recover a grappling hook gun. What all right. What was that doing in there? Definitely not grappling anything. Mm, so now where do we go? Do we go to the diner? Or do we go to the insurance company? I don't... Do. Does it seem like we've gotten anything that would help us with the insurance company doors? I, I don't know if we have anything with the doors unless, like, we go up the side. But we have... At least, like, when we get in, we have a camera. We can take pictures of files and crap. Yeah. Maybe she found a key or something. Maybe. I guess we should go to the diner and talk to the lady. By now, it's getting pretty dark. You enter the diner and see Melissa already sitting at a table. You join her. Well, she says, I couldn't find anything. I did realize this will take a while, though, so I got us a room at a hotel. After eating, the two of you enter the hotel room. It's pretty classy. A TV, two king-size beds, and one of those little refrigerators with candy and stuff. You begin to wonder, should you stay here, or should you leave and walk around some more, trying to find more clues? I mean, I guess we could leave. I mean, it's yeah. getting dark. You never know. We might be able to find something. I feel like if we stay here, they're gonna find us. Yeah. Because these there's are gotta be... bad, bad guys. Yeah, there's gotta be more stuff to do. There has to be. The full moon hovers above you as you walk across the street. 
You pause. Not much seems to be happening. You wonder if you should turn back. Suddenly, you hear the screech of motorcycles. It's those two thugs who attacked the bus. Frozen with shock, you watch as they dismount their motorcycles and enter the Oral Comp Insurance Building. Quickly, one says, we've got to get that guy up on the top floor. As they enter, they don't notice you standing there. Well, they'll notice you soon enough. Time for a little payback. First, however, you've got to get up to the top floor unless you have some sort of apparatus to help you scale tall buildings. I should suggest you run like hell after them. Well, we have a grappling hook gun. A grappling hook gun. Because we are Batman. Batman. Thinking quick, you grab your grappling hook blaster and fire directly at the building's roof. Choom! Out shoots the barbed line, and up you go. Very Batman-esque. <laughs> you quickly go down the stairs on the roof and enter the top floor. Those two guys aren't up here yet, so you might as well wait for them to get up here. But you don't have to wait long. Soon they come sprinting up the stairs, panting like dogs. Hey, they say. You're the kid we left under the bus. That's right, you yell. Now you'll be sorry. Fat chance, says one of them, and advances menacingly. From this vantage point, there are two different possible things you could do to take him out. Punch him just below the elbow. Kick him in the face. Poke him in the eyes. Or we could use one of our weapons. Okay. So, looking at the library book, it says that to cause temporary paralysis, you can hit just below the elbow, the back of the neck, or the base of the foot. And if you so hit I, someone in the wrist, it'll make their hand open. Ah. So I guess if we want to paralyze the guy, we should punch him below the air elbow. This sounds like a fantastic idea. See, reading is knowledge, and knowledge is power. That's right, kids. Always read. <laughs> you punch him just below the elbow. And he slumps to the floor. Oh, I'm temporarily paralyzed, he says. <laughs> <laughs> the other guy, taking no chances, pulls out an Uzi. Quick, what do you do? Directly punch his wrist, grab the gun and shoot him. Dodge until he's out of bullets. Well, I don't know about you, but I don't think we're Neo from the Matrix. That, that seems like an incredibly bad idea. Yeah. We punch his okay. wrist. I think so. Because of what the library book said. This library book has been incredibly useful. Yeah. You punch him in the wrist, his hand falls open, and he drops the Uzi. You grab it and pistol whip him, the way he did it to you. Now these two guys decide they've had enough. They run. The first one apparently overcame his temporary paralysis. <laughs> You're about to give chase when you hear a voice from the storage closet. Uh, help me, please. Oh, that was beautiful. You open the door, and sitting in the broom closet, tied up, is your friend Kyle. Kyle, you scream and run over to him, untying him. Oh, thank God, he says. I thought you were dead. What happened, you ask? After they brought us off the bus, they marched all the way to Phoenix, Arizona. <laughs> they walked? They locked everyone else up in a garage, but then their boss started talking to Lillian about something. I don't know what they were talking about, and I didn't get a good look at him. But she started crying, and he told those goons to make an example of me. So they brought me here, tied me up, and said they'd be back in three weeks to see if I was dead. And if I wasn't, they'd kill me. Wow. 
Do you hey. know where the garage is, you ask? Sure, Kyle says, but I'm exhausted. Do you know some place we could sleep tonight? Hmm. Well, he's no good to us if he's tired. Right? Because, you know, strength in numbers is what I'm thinking. Like, um, if we get him to help us, then maybe we have a better chance of winning. It does seem sort of cruel to uh, tell him to take us to the garage when he's been tied up in a closet for three weeks. Poor dude. Probably pooping on himself. Oh. Gross. Just saying. Mm, Probably true, though. Alright, so hotel? I think so. Alright, we will be kind. You lead Melissa back to the hotel, only to find it has been ransacked. The room is in shambles, and Melissa is nowhere to be found. Horrified, you start to claw through the wreckage as Kyle watches, dumbfounded. Then you explain to him everything that has happened. Kyle nods glumly. Well, then there's nothing else to do. We have to go to that garage. You agree, then suddenly you see a piece of paper under the bed. Melissa must have slipped it under there. Well, now you've got to find her. You pick up the piece of paper... I'm guessing it has a note. They will use my life to blackmail my father so he will not publicly admit that you are really not insane. You can find out where they are keeping me and him by looking in the file room and why. Ooh, so now we gotta figure out how to get in the file room. He leads you to the garage. It's a long walk, but eventually you reach a giant building. This building belongs to Oral Comp Insurance, just like that other one you saw. He leads you into the garage, where there are several cars that you immediately duck behind. Kyle points to a locked closet. Everyone's packed in there like sardines, he says, except for Lillian, she's over there. He points to a figure covered in a sheet, tied to a chair. Armed guards are everywhere, looking much like those guys who first attacked you on the bus. You decide to free Lillian first, because she's closer. Your first obstacle is an armed guard, standing on the other side of the car you're both hiding behind. His back is turned, but he'd see you if you went around the car to attack him. Therefore, you'd have to use some sort of long-range weapon. But if you don't have a small, silent one, you have to crawl under the car and attack from there. Mm, Well, we don't have a small, silent weapon. The bazooka definitely does not qualify as either of those things. No, that's large and in charge. So we crawl. We crawl. You crawl under the car. It's very low, so you can only reach the guard's feet. Or you could try to pull that thing that looks like a taser out of his hip holster, but he might see you. What do you do? Try to grab the taser from his pocket. Punch him in the base of the foot. Hit him in the heel. You know, his Achilles heel. Or we could use the sword cane or something, I guess. Wow. Um... Again, looking at the library book, if we punch him in the base of the foot, we'll paralyze him. Indeed. You nick the base of his foot and he goes limp, temporarily paralyzed. Fortunately, he falls back against the car, so it looks like he's still standing and other guards don't notice anything. Quickly, you dash as fast as you can to another car. You now have a clear path to Lillian, but there are two flights of stairs leading up to her. A left one and a right one. Guards are standing at either end, but you can't see how many. Either way, you'll have to pick one. So left or right, guys? I guess left, because 
why not? It's true. At this point, there is nothing distinguishing the two. Nope. Quickly, you take the left staircase, but as you approach Lillian, you notice some other guards. They notice you too and spin around yelling, Freeze! Move a muscle and I will blow your head off. Not being stupid, you freeze. Now the guard is advancing towards you. Well, looky who we got here, he says. It's that kid who we sent to the loony bin to cover our tracks. And now here he is, all busted up. You know, there might be a reward for bringing him back alive. All right, you can't just stand there any longer. What do you do? They'll notice if you try to go for one of your weapons, especially if it isn't well disguised. <gasps> sword cane. Sword cane. That sure sounds like a sword cane promise. Sword cane. The guards can see any weapon you might be carrying, except the one hidden in your fancy gentleman's walking cane. Quickly, you pull it out and slice, 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 cut, cut, choppity, chop, ch. You get the idea. However, now these other guards at the other side of the lot have heard you and come running. Quickly, you jump behind a car and prepare for the ultimate sniper fights. Uh-oh. You peer out from behind the car wall and see the guards running towards you. This is it. You're going to get some answers. One guard right, runs right past the wall car, not even seeing you. He turns around and calls to his friends. No, he's not here. Snap his neck, steal his gun, and use his body as a shield. Knock him out and go Jackie Chan on the other guards. Good lord. Aren't we like a regular person? Like, I, I know we know judo, but I feel like snap his neck, steal his gun, and use his body as a shield is sort of hardcore. That is super hardcore. Hardcore! But then, but then if we do that, we won't be able to interrogate them, right? That's true. So, like, do we want to go all badass and kill everybody? Or do we want to, like, find out why why all this is happening? It actually kind of seems like it's better to have more information than less. It, in this game, it certainly seems that way. Only because, like, you know, with the library card and, like, checking out the book and having to... We are going to have to go into the secret files eventually. Maybe one of the guards has a key. Mm. Maybe. Alright, Jackie Chan time? Jackie Chan time. Jackie Chan time. Word. Quickly, you kick the guard in the head and he's out cold. Arg, you scream. <laughs> That's not very run- Jackie Chan-like. You run towards the other guards, heart pounding in battle fury. We can punch them all in the neck, kick them all in the groin, or scare them into surrendering. I mean, what neck punches, right? I think, I think we want a neck punch. I think we want a neck punch. Screaming madly, you descend upon them like a wrathful hurricane. Your fists fly through the air like bullets, striking vital nerves in the neck, and with in seconds, they are all down, temporarily paralyzed, but down. You grab one of the guards and shove him against the wall. I want to know everything, you demand. Why did you kidnap my friends, and what did you do to me? The guard grunts and tries to get away, but you don't let go. Finally, he gives up and starts talking. We had to retrieve Formula 45 for our boss. You must have accidentally inhaled some of it, which is how you survive the bus falling on you. Well, what is this Formula 45? Yep, we can ask him about the boss or Formula 45. I 
feel like Formula 45 is more pertinent right now. I think so. Because if we inhaled some of it... Right? We, we might need an antidote or something. We might be dying. Alright, so I'm not sure he sputters. It's this little pink liquid beaker that someone is supposed to swallow. It does something to them. I don't know. Well, that guy was useless. Right? He knows that that's why we survived a bus falling on us, but... Bullshit. Yeah. My boss is the boss of oral comp insurance, he stanners. His name is... Let him go. The voice comes from behind you. While you were fighting the guards, Kyle untied Lillian. She walks over to you now, and tears are beginning to run down her cheeks. I can tell you everything, she says. Dutifully, you punch the guard out. Lillian begins to cry harder now. Everything that's happened is all my fault. How is it all your fault, you ask her? Still sobbing, she nods to the guards you've just killed and or beaten up. They're my boyfriend's gang, she says. Good Jesus. They're working for the Oral Comp Insurance Company. My boyfriend and I have been fighting a lot lately. That's no surprise. Lillian's not known to keep the best company. She's sweet, but a little mixed up. I feel like we're just painting a really terrible picture of this poor girl. Poor Lillian. The boss of Oral Cup had this secret formula that he wanted my boyfriend to take care of. It was still being tested for something, and I... I was upset at him, so I... I... You stole it? You gasp. Sobbing, she nods. So he sent my boyfriend's gang to go after us to get it. You're not gonna and do they... voices. <laughs> I, I don't know if I can... I'm so, crying. so he sent my boyfriend's gang to go after us to go get it. And they couldn't find it when they lined us up because I had hidden it. You're about to ask where when suddenly you realize... In me? Huh? She nods again. Yeah, when I bought you that soda, I hid it in there, and it dissolved in it. That's how you survived the bus, I guess. It's supposed to make you immortal. They tried to make me tell you where it was, but and I finally told them it was in your bloodstream. So they decided to make it sound like you were crazy, so they could keep you in a place where they could study you, like a lab animal. They even relocated your family so you could never find them. Okay. Oh I gotta God. say, like, looking at this plot up until this point, I was like, none of this makes any sense and there's no way yeah. that this is going to be even close to reasonable. But that is not a bad justification for uh, declaring someone insane. Mm-hmm. Good job, writer person. That's right. Props to you. She's crying like a storm cloud. I'm so sorry. I was just afraid because my boyfriend is a jerk and I pissed him off, so I messed up your life to save myself. I'm so sorry. Gently, you take her in your arms. Don't worry, Lillian. It wasn't your fault. You just fell for the wrong guy. I'm going to get us all through this. How? <laughs> she asks, eyes clearing. We have to prove you're not crazy, and that my boyfriend and his boss are responsible for this. You have to admit, you don't know how to prove that, but you do know someone who does. Melissa! Final mission. We gotta so get I feel Melissa. Like, 
I feel like at this point maybe she should be saying ex-boyfriend. You, you would know? think, but she's kind of dumb. <sighs> she doesn't keep the best company. Right? In dead. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> well, I mean, I guess I'm assuming there. She, yeah. uh, you know. You know. She might be pious and just mixed up. <laughs> All right. You've got to find Melissa and her dad, who can help you prove that you're not insane, but you are immortal. You have to find evidence incriminating the president of Oral Comp Insurance, and you have to find where your family is. According to Lillian, they've been moved somewhere else in the country, and only the president knows for sure. You, Kyle, and Lillian release the rest of your friends and teachers from the garage, and soon everyone is crying with happiness and thanking you, and saying how worried they were about you. You're about to take them out of the garage when suddenly... What? Uh Uh-oh. The ceiling above you explodes in a shower of cement. You jump aside just in time. You push Kyle and Lillian, screaming, Go, go, get everyone out of here! Get to the chopper! (laughs) Somehow, you know this person's here for you. Your attacker's a tall, thin man with a five o'clock shadow and a cowboy uniform. He's standing in front of a van and holding a rocket launcher. He says, My name's Sergeant Morton, although I'm not really a sergeant. I'm the best bounty hunter there is, and I've been commissioned to bring you back to your asylum. Just come along easy and there won't be any trouble. You hesitate. He says, look, don't worry. I ain't gonna hurt you if you come along. Look, I'll even put down my rocket launcher if it'll make you feel better. He drops it to the ground. Actually, you were just hesitating so that he'd do that. Now you meet on even terms. Actually, not really, since he has a sword. But maybe he won't use it. Too bad you can't have a good old-fashioned sword fight with him. Throw a handful of gravel in his eyes. Throw a rock at his head. Or we could bazooka him. Can we bazooka him? I want to bazooka him. I want to bazooka him so bad. In bed. Oh! Mm. The item cannot be used here. Oh. Dang it. Damn it. Dang it. Alright. Oh, let's throw gravel in his eyes. <laughs> yeah, gravel in the eyes, not a rock to the head. Nah, we might miss. Should we try the sword cane again? Or does that seem more like the scimitar? I think it's the scimitar. Even though a sword cane should work in that situation, but... Alright, let's injure his most vital organs, his eyes. The eyes are the most vital organs? Yeah. Okay. Why not? Since his rocket blast created a lot of gravel, you you quickly scoop up some and throw it in his eyes. He screams, then suddenly pulls out some weird liquid, sprays it in his eyes, and opens them again. Good as new. He has specific gravel fighting spray? What the fuck? (laughs) Sorry to rain on your parade, boy, but people have tried things like that on me a million times. Suddenly, with the speed of a cheetah, he kicks you and you fly backwards, scraping your back on the ground. Oof. You don't move for several seconds because of the pain. Slowly, he approaches. Play possum, or jump up and kick him. Play possum. Trixie little hobbitses. You know it. How do you think the hobbitses won? (laughs) 
through sheer determination and homoerotic love. <laughs> Man, you better be getting some after you help someone crawl all the way to Mount Doom. You better, yeah. I feel like I feel like they definitely owe you a reach around at that point. Mm-hmm. Slowly he approaches. Finally, when he decides you're out cold, he reaches out to grab you. Yeah! <laughs> you spring up and grab his hand. You punch him, then kick him again, and finally you headbutt him, suffocate him into unconsciousness. Oh, headbutt. Headbutt. Come on, headbutt. He got it. Well, bam. He got you. The fight's not over until you spray nose blood all, all over your forehead. Yes. Nose blood. Nose blood. You grab his head with both hands and bash it against yours. It worked! He's out cold. Well, you can't waste any more time around here. On to the Oral Comp building. You enter, enter the Oral Comp insurance building. It's the dead of night, so there's no secretary. You're kind of surprised the door is still open. Anyway, you enter the room past the waiting room, and there is, and you see three doors. The left one leads up the stairs to the storage closet, as you remember. Will you take the right door or the middle door? Does anyone remember which of these doors or what? Because uh, I sure as hell don't. Was it the last one he mentioned? Of the three? Because I want to say it was the right one. I feel like the last one was the left one because he said he didn't know what they kept there. I think we should use the right one. The right door, unfortunately, is locked. There's a slot where a card key can be inserted to open the door. There's also a digital lock that says to enter without card key. Input password. What do you think the password is? I'm pretty sure it's not 666. The number of the beast. <laughs> I don't know. If I were right. to guess, I would so say it's, it's probably not 666. So 666-320 or 318. I mean, if you're an evil insurance company, don't you set all your locks to 666? Too obvious. So 320 or 318? Hmm. And I wonder how we've narrowed it down to these three possible options. I don't know. Like, in our heads. 320 adds up to 5, which is an odd number. 318 adds up to 12, which is an even number. Hmm. 5 is prime, but 12 is divisible by 2, 6, 3, and 4. It's a special number. I'm not sure how that was supposed to be helpful, but I feel like that's the kind of thing people say in these situations in movies. Where we have to, like, guess. Yeah. Because we're literally about to guess. What would Nicolas Cage from National Treasure do in this situation? Um, <laughs> He'd kidnap the president. Yeah, that. I mean, we can just guess. Alright, what do we want to guess? 320. I like 318. You like 318? I like 318. Okay, 318. Alright. The door opens up right away. Oh, Look at you. You're good. Standing before you is an enormous mountain of file cabinets. You pick the one that says Operation Formula 45. 
Good thing they didn't label that anything, Exoteric. Huh. The payoff is amazing. It goes on and on about how Formula 45 is supposed to grant immortality and regenerative powers. And it talks all about how Lillian stole the formula and secretly injected it into you. And how you were framed for insanity. This is golden! The only thing it doesn't say is about where your family is now. Guess you'll have to beat that out of the weasel himself. Before you leave this room to enter the middle door, you tried to remove the file, but it was nailed to the cabinet. I don't think that's how files work. Probably not. Okay, what could the writer possibly be picturing at this point? Nailed to the cabinet? Because it's paper. You could just pull it off a nail. I'm, I'm really confused as to how that might possibly be reasonable. Okay, you'd like to think you'll remember what it says, but your memory isn't that photographic. Ha ha ha, we oh, have a well. camera. You now have a photograph of all the incriminating information necessary to convict the president of Oralcom. You can carry it around with you. We got a photo. Yes. Alright, it's now time to open the middle door. You open the middle door and step in. There's a large fat man sitting on a table in a tux. Hello, friend, he says. I've been expecting you. Sit down. I'm not your friend, buddy. I, who, honest to God, like, sits in a room in a tuxedo just sort of waiting for someone to show up for hours? Um, like A Pokemon villain. <laughs> this man, obviously the president of Oralcom sits down across from you and pours you a drink of water. Then he leans back and starts talking. You see, selling insurance is a tough business. After you see enough cases of death or home loss or injury, you start worrying about your life. I have a team of researchers working on a formula that can make a person immortal. We recently perfected it and called it Formula 45. However, my dolt of a henchman lost it to his girlfriend. Lillian, I believe her name is. Your teeth clench. I feel like Peter should be doing the, the scary judge voice for this guy. <laughs> yeah. Do it, Peter. But you've already gone so far. No, there's a whole... He's got a big whole paragraph. You can do it. Ah, fuck. All right. Anyway, we started setting a school bus with you and and I agreed to let me man do anything they could have scared in the town them where the sim was, even if it meant killing some of her friends. However, when me men saw you survive after the bus fell on you, they realized they had in you had ingested the serum, and so I arranged to have you accused of insanity and moved to an asylum where I could keep an eye on you. Your family was relocated to ensure your cooperation, and I only knew where they are. One of the doctors eventually realized you were insane and was going to tell the cops. So I had him captured, and thanks to you, his daughter Melissa captured too. He's agreed not to talk in exchange for her safety. But what about you? Please do the right thing and join me. Once the serum is extracted from you, you'll be turned loose and get to see your family again, and I promise you I won't kill any more of your friends. What do you say? You have a deal, or I won't join voices, forces with a murderer. Voices. 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 
don't know. Are we the good guys or the bad guys? He has a tuxedo on. We can take him. That's true. Let's do it. Yeah, we just beat up a dude with a rocket launcher. Like, Yes, we did. Because we are awesome. And also, we're immortal. <laughs> yeah. I won't join forces with a murderer. Never in a million years, pal, you shout. You're a crook and a swindler and a murderer. He then pulls out a gun and says, Well, I'm sorry we had to see it that way. I guess I'll just extract the formula from your corpse. He'll see you if you try to pull out a weapon, except if it's easily concealed and or silent. If you don't have one of those, you have to either let him shoot you, attack him before he can shoot you. He won't see your weapon if it's silent? Apparently. That's correct. Well, good thing we have our stealth weapon. We do have a stealth weapon Mm -hmm. for the stabbing. Stab, stab, kill, kill. Stabbing time! Yes! Grinning, you slowly unsheath your sword cane. Load your silencer pistol. (laughs) Couldn't even come up with something new. He doesn't even hear it until he gets cut slash shot in the stomach. He screams, dripping blood, and runs as fast as he can out of the room. You pursue. We are between him and the door, and he's been slashed in the stomach. There is no way he should get by us. Bullshit. You follow him up a staircase and onto the terrace. When you reach the terrace, he's gone. You look down and see lots of policemen standing around with Lillian, Kyle, and all the rest, and there's Melissa and her dad. Kyle and Lillian must have rescued them. Yeah. Then suddenly you hear a chopper. The president is getting away in a helicopter. You try to grab on, but it's already out of arm's length. If only you had a heavy-duty long-range <gasps> weapon. You could make short word of that copter. But if you don't, you'll have to think of something else. Is it... It's bazooka time, it's, isn't it's it? It's bazooka time! <laughs> I love how excited you are about this. I am so excited. You blow up the helicopter easily, and it crashes to the ground in a big fiery ball. You jump down to the ground. Thanks to Formula 45, Yor can jump from great heights without feeling pain or getting hurt. (laughs) And walk over to the flames. Everybody else is trying to move back, but not you. That man is the only one who knows where your family is. If he died, then suddenly you hear someone shout from inside the wreckage, Help me! You run back into the burning flames and pull him out. He's unconscious, but breathing. You glance around. If the fire reaches the helicopter fuel tank, it might explode. You're not sure if you can get him out of the fire in time. Your friends are gathered around the fire, looking in. In the middle of the fire is an open manhole. Should you try to carry him out of the fire, or jump down the open manhole just to be safe before the explosion? We gotta carry him out. He knows where our family is. Sewer. Oh, gotta carry him out. Telling you, the sewer's the way to go. Peter. Uh, Peter, you're the tiger. I want to I wanna try to get him out, too. Fine. Fine, we try and get him out. Fine. Life was made to take risks, eh? Running as fast as you can with this heavy guy over your shoulder, you drumroll, please. Make it out of the fire before the explosion. You did it. The president of Oral Comp is forced to confess his guilt. Melissa's dad clears your name, and you are reunited with your family. You become a national hero, having toppled a scheme of corruption involving big business. 
You return with your family and friends to New York, and Melissa and her dad move there also, and she starts going to your school. You are also a class hero and given straight A's, and Lily and Kyle, Melissa, and you have many more adventures, but none of them are as great as this first one. You are exiled to a life of infinitely reduced returns, but you win! <laughs> Congratulations, you won with the best ending possible. Bam. Yay! We did it, guys. But we didn't get laid. We did not get laid. We did not get laid. And I mean, I felt like Kyle really wanted it. I know, right? Especially him watching how we've been carrying that bazooka around. It seems so natural. I know. At least we got to make something explode. That's true. Yeah. It's hard to argue with explosions. No. Mostly because they don't last very long. No. That's yeah. true. Alright, so uh, that's the end of the story, folks. <laughs> we did pretty well. Yeah. Look at us. Yeah. We got the best ending possible. We so. did. Yeah. With our reading and our brains. Mm-hmm. And the obvious hints as to what we should use. Yeah. Thank goodness for those. Though, honestly, I, I feel like we wouldn't have necessarily needed any of those. Except maybe the first prompt for the cane. Yeah. I feel like maybe I wouldn't have necessarily thought of the cane in that particular point. <laughs> well, if you've ever sought vengeance on someone, tell us on Facebook at <laughs> facebook.com slash G-Y-O-W podcast. <laughs> or you can something about vengeance on iTunes, searching for Go Your Own Way in the podcast section, and we are the top result there. I actually checked it last night. What? Awesome. That's awesome. Well, it helps when we're the only show that's called that. Yeah, that's true. Don't ruin it, Peter. I know. See you next time, guys. If you have any story suggestions, you know where to find us. Uh, if you have any any comments at all, how we can do this better, on what voice I should use next, I mean. Because <laughs> I know that's why you guys really listen, right? <laughs> All about those voices. Oh my god. For more original podcasts, videos, and pop culture news, visit overmental.com. Thanks for listening. <laughs>